Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab by down. He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield. Beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. Four in motion. They get it to him. Four in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. Moore cuts back. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey punctuates this upset with a pick six. What's going on, Boiler Nation? It's Tanner Lee, along with Evan Webb and our other co-host, Andrew Eiler, will be joining us here momentarily. Webby, one game in the books. The Boilers are 1-0. How fun, was it to be, how fun was it to be back in ross State on Saturday night? That was incredible. Um, I mean, I knew going into it, I'd probably get a little bit emotional just because we, you know, we've, we've, as we talked last episode, we both hadn't been there since the Bucky game in 2019. Uh, this is our first sporting event back um and it was walking out of the concourse onto you know the you know into this into the stadium to see the field for the first time and see the jumbotron for the first time it was uh it was it was pretty cool and it definitely kind of took my breath away for a second no that's that's a good way to put it i was walking in my uncle's in front of me and right away walked through the concourse and just see the student section packed and mm-hmm. kind of took a deep breath looked over saw the scoreboard and i was like it's good to be back my yep. uncle just kind of shook his head and was like, yep, it is. So, man, it was fun. Rockets atmosphere, pretty close to being a full sellout. Um, just a Got lot of fun. Got lucky with the man. weather. I mean, I know when we walked in, it was kind of a little misty there for a little bit, but by halftime it had cleared up and it was a you know beautiful night and saw a W. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. I think it was – I think I read it was the highest opening attendance – or season opening attendance for Purdue since like 05, I want to really? say. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think about the other home openers. I guess is it was it home opener or first game? Home opener. Home opener. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't the Ohio game a home opener? I guess. I guess that was yeah. also my game. I guess I figured that one might have been. Yeah. You know, maybe, but I guess that was people uh, was people were still probably skeptical even yeah. after the Louisville game. That's true. So early yeah. on after the after what was the Hazel era. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it was just a lot of fun. It, it is fun to win when, when you can get a win over a, a Power Five conference team. Absolutely, and actually, the was that the first uh, new alliance game? Is that what this that was in the, between the two? Yeah, <laughs> you know the weird alliance that's like a yeah. handshake agreement. There's no nothing in writing. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out eventually. Right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts future scheduling too, because mm-hmm. a lot of these. Schools have, I mean, I know Purdue's got some games in like 2030 and 2031. <laughs> I think it gets like Ole Miss or something. So, right. Um, it's interesting. How, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. But, but fun time to be in Ross Say. Good crowd. Like I said, we got lucky with the weather. Great mm-hmm. to see a W. Um, what were some of your takeaways from the game? Who, who do you think, who, what players stood out to you? Uh, 
uh, what aspects of the team stood out to you, et cetera? Uh, I really liked watching the defense. I know that was something that we were mm-hmm. all kind of, I think all Purdue fans were pretty interested in watching just from, we kind of knew what the offense was going to have um, just based off, you know, who the quarterback was and who the returning, you know, returning cast was obviously the, the offensive line was, was going to be a big question, but I really enjoyed watching defense. I thought they played pretty well, you know, I mean, compared to last year, which is not hard to do. It was nice to see, you know, the, the DBs putting some pressure on receivers right from, you know, around the line of scrimmage, I thought Jalen Graham was an absolute animal. I loved watching him kind of fly around the field. George Karloff just obviously did what he did. He didn't have any sacks, but, you know, he had, I think, the most pressures out of anybody in the country uh, in week one with, like, eight or something like that. So mm-hmm. he definitely affected the game um, just with his presence. Uh, I think that really kind of showed as, you know, we as a team did pretty well on third down, getting off the field on third down, even, you know, stopping them on fourth down. Uh, Corey Trice was a beast. I mean, I know he, he got kind of got beat one time late in the game, but he, I think he made up for it on that. Uh, was it the fourth down when he, he, he uh, yep. swatted the ball, ball, the ball away. That was a big time play. Um, and something that I probably, you know, maybe we didn't see last year. I mean, probably cause we would never, a team would never get the fourth down last year with our defense. So, um, but I think those guys definitely, um, Offensively, obviously, David Bell did what David Bell does. Aside from scoring, uh, Payne Durham was awesome. I mean, he definitely made up for the his uh, – what was it? I mean, it wasn't even a fumble. It was the defender just ripped the ball away from him. It was him. just a fluke, um, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, made up for it with those two touchdowns in the fourth quarter when we needed it badly, uh, which I didn't realize that him and okay, – I was listening to the World Sports Quick Cast today, and I didn't realize that him and Plummer are roommates. So there's that roommate connection there. Um yeah, those guys were awesome. Watch, I thought Horvath was you know pretty solid, pretty consistent. And I was really impressed with Plummer. I mean, he didn't yeah. he didn't make mistakes, but that was the big thing. Um, I was a little worried about the offensive line. Kind of feel like Plummer was kind of running around quite a bit, given you know obviously we're playing a Power Five team, but it's not like we're playing Ohio State or Wisconsin, which makes me a little worried for when those games come around. But you know he he played well. He extended the plays if he needed to, and um, completed like almost seventy percent of his passes. So. I was, I was pretty happy. I think he thought he checked down a little bit too much, but I mean, I wasn't really paying attention to see if some of the receivers just weren't getting open or what it was, if it was more him or the receivers um, on that end. But so that was pretty, I was overall pleased. I mean, I would like to see, you know, I thought we probably, and we were talking about it and we were at the game together. I think we, we probably should have won by a bit, probably what another 10 points mm. probably. Um, so it'd have been nice to see a little bit more comfortable of a win, but I mean, at the end of the day, we just wanted to win. So it's all that matters. Exactly. Just get the W at, any cost. Um, I mean, we covered the spread anyways, spread yep. of seven, one by nine. Um, but no, I, I thought a lot of the guys you brought up were the same guys I thought played well. Karloftis, yeah, he didn't get any sacks, but he had eight pressures. Like you said, he was getting double, if not triple teamed mm-hmm. most plays, and, and still he still was through. getting in there. Yeah, I mean, he's just got to be a monster this year. He's got to have a monster year. Jalen Graham, like you said, was flying around the field. Cam Allen had a pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey tries to get beat a couple times, but he had that big breakaway or um, pass breakup on fourth down, which was a really key play of the game. I even thought DJ Washington was solid, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Lewis was solid up yep. front. Um, they both played more snaps than I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, I thought the defense played really well, aside from two quick touchdowns given up on two different series. Um, besides that, that they played pretty darn well. I mean, this was an Oregon State team that returned all of their starting offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- thought that was pretty impressive on the offense side of the ball. Like I said, Plummer, I thought – I honestly thought this was Plummer's second best game of his career. Aside from, what, Maryland? Maryland, yeah. yeah. He, he had a good one against Minnesota last year too. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but Maryland, he went nuts. And I, I just thought he 
was clutch when he needed to be mm-hmm. to, to control uh took care of the ball. It was like that, eight of nine in the fourth quarter or something like that. It's like yeah. so it was a he yeah, that was I mean Brahm always talks about just not making mistakes. I guess that's, that's gonna be the key to him keeping the starting job is not making stupid mistakes really for any quarterback under right. Brahm. And uh, he didn't. So no, I mean he threw the ball away when it needed to be thrown away. I mean mm-hmm. he had to uh move around outside the pocket a few times pretty quickly. Offensive line, yeah, we've we've talked about that in length. The depth's just not there. So he kinda had a I don't want to say run for his life, but he probably had to get out of the pocket quicker than he really wanted to a couple of times, but right. he did only take one sack. So that mm-hmm. was nice. I know there were some people around us that said he holds on to the ball too long. There are sometimes he does hold on to it a little too long, but he's also going through his progressions. And right. um, I thought he played well. David Bell, like you said, I mean, we need to enjoy this guy this year. He's a special yeah. talent. He's just so smooth, so darn smooth. His route running is unbelievable. I mean, there's, you know, people jokingly comparing to Jerry Rice. And, I mean, it's, it's just because he's so smooth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, I think his first catch was Plummer threw it. And we're like, where the heck was he throwing it? And then all of a sudden, David Bell comes flying out of nowhere and catches it as he's sliding into the out of bounds. And he just did what David Bell does. He just gets open. I mean, there's a, yeah, there's a reason why he draws so much attention from the defense. Um, Milton Wright didn't have a very good night. Um, one ball thrown his way and he dropped in the end zone. It was actually a perfectly placed ball by Jack. Yeah. Didn't come up with it. Uh, but Jackson Anthrop, I thought played pretty well. I, he did get dinged up towards the end of the game, but I haven't read anything if it was anything serious or not. Was that the, when he caught the touchdown that wasn't a touchdown? Was it that play or was it something, a different it was, play? It was a different play later. On on the sidelines, he came up kind of holding his shoulder and the shoulder. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I remember that play because he kind of like I remember he caught it and kind of just threw the ball up to the official. And right. Kind of and yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But right. uh, he's just a gamer. I mean, yep. he's a guy you want out there. He's a veteran. He knows the playbook. Um, he's got to give it his all all the time. Marshawn Rice didn't get any balls his way, but like you said, Payne Durham had a great game. Um, even Brock Thompson, I think he's mm-hmm. going to be a big factor this year. He seems to find ways to get open. So a lot a lot of weapons out there. And and TJ Sheffield, hopefully he can be a go this week. He's mm-hmm. another guy that should be in the mix. So Andrew Eiler is now joining joining us. Andrew, what's going on? Doing well. We were just talking about how good it was to be back in Ross Aid and start the season off with a W. Looks like a pretty cool environment. Yeah, it was uh it was pretty close from being Sold out, uh, like Evan was saying, we got pretty lucky with the weather, but it was just good to be back. I mean, it had been 645 days, but it felt like it was five years. What was your, Tanner, when you first saw that? I mean, I know we kind of talked about it when we were uh, in there, but what do you think of the, the scoreboard? <laughs> it, it's huge. I mean, I had seen it from <laughs> the opposite side uh, previously, but I had not seen it from the side inside the stadium. Huge, great picture. Um, the audio is what blew me away. The audio yeah, is actually yeah. crystal clear. <laughs> you don't yeah. have the cruddy audio anymore inside the stadium. But uh, I thought having like the even just the little graphics, like you know, on third down or whatever they had, like you know, if they would flash things on the screen or having the starting lineups on the screen, which is like, was like cool. I was like, we've never had that because we never had the opportunity to have something cool like that. Right. So that was pretty uh, cool. That was cool. Uh, I think you and I did say the worst thing, the only bad thing we saw with scoreboard is like. Uh, there is some like I think it was the was it the uh, the time or something was really small in the corner. Yeah, that and like I think some of the stats were pretty small. There yeah. was I, I did notice one glitch on 
it was like when they were showing the stats on the side, they had like, you know, rushes, yards, and then average. For some reason on the Oregon State side, like the average yards per carry were the same as the amount of carries. So if they had 20 carries, their average was 20 yards. <laughs> but yeah, um, first, game yeah, but, first game glitch, right? Yeah. yeah. It's been a long couple of years. Yeah. The, I, yeah. I noticed the North – uh, score the like the ribbon, the scoreboard ribbon, ribbon yeah. part. The sc- scores were all screwed up around the country. Georgia was up a hundred to zero at one point, then it was zero zero. <laughs> then it was, I'm like, oh, okay. At one point, I think, yeah, at one point, yeah, Georgia, yeah, so I was like 45 nothing over Clemson, and also it was 35 nothing. I was like, what's, what's going on? But yeah, yeah. I, I think the only thing, I think, that's, I guess, what we noticed too is the uh, play clock on the big scoreboard was like in like the bottom right corner, which we, we kind of realized that that's probably the only spot we could put it. That makes sense mm-hmm. for the players on the field to see. Um, but I feel like that's in comparison to, to the rest of the scoreboard, it's like hard to, to catch right away. But. And you noticed that the uh, scoreboard has the uh, red uh, lights on top for playing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so darn big and tall now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we it didn't have it before. Did the jumbo? No. Does the uh, the press box have it? Have the lights? It must be because it's pretty tall up there. Yeah, I feel, I the press box has to. I, I guess I've never been. Yeah, I've never, I've never noticed. But I would think it. it has to because it's up there a ways. It's, it's yeah. got to be taller than the jumbotron because yeah. we, we also noticed that they had to move because you know with the old jumbotron we had the the flags at the top, but now that because the scoreboard's so big, they had to move them. So they had they made their own little kind of. Flag, flag stand, pole. Yeah. flagpole in the south end zone. Which yeah. I didn't see. I assume they probably raised the W flag, but I didn't. I didn't stick around to see if they did. Me or not, neither. How uh, how did the South Pavilion look? Did they do anything different there? I I only I was at a wedding Saturday and didn't get to watch much of the game live. I watched the replay, the Big Ten sixty minute replay where they don't show a whole lot outside of just yeah. play, so I don't see much of the stadium. But I honestly wasn't even paying attention to it. Really, um, it looked pretty much the same. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure. I think. Yeah, I'm not sure what they were doing in terms of passes and things like that. If they're those are also digital, like us, they're digital. People. They are digital. They are. No, okay. No. Yeah, that was you, guys, some... you guys didn't sneak in there for uh, Boiler Gold. No, nope, right before the game. Because Evan, I got your pass on my phone. It won't let me. It won't let me transfer it over. But oh, okay. uh, I got the two passes on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you ever want to go, let me know because yeah. I got them on my phone. But, um, but no, I, I know the concessions. I think the lines were really long. I know yeah. that's in part of not taking cash because it's all cash. Well, part of it too, when I went through, I think, I think again, just first game, this was kind of like it had all these like things come back, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a thing that we have to deal with sort of every season. And it was because I went up, I think, right before the game to to get a boiler gold, and like out of four registers, one more, and so you had you had two registers with like everybody right outside our section. So just kind of little glitches like that that'll get fixed. And I know there was, I know my dad had issues with the uh, the digital ticketing system the computer wasn't wasn't keeping up with the amount of people mm. who were coming through, so it was pretty slow. So it was really slowing down the lines to get in, but we'll get figured out. Yeah, uh, I know, Andrew, we're, we're both going to disappoint you. We didn't get the David Bell um, shake. I, I, did see, I did see a little kid have one in the concourse. It looked really good. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a critical error. It was. David, <laughs> David Bell – might not be. You might not be a fan of the podcast anymore. He might not be. Uh, I mean, what was it having? It had Captain Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, everything. Um, Sounds like a ice gut cream, ache. Something else. Yeah, it looked looked really good. <laughs> but I did notice that Domino's must be the new pizza sponsor. Yeah, 
we had like four people in our section come through full with pizza. full pizza full and pizza. I was starving. <laughs> yeah, it smelled fantastic. And because yeah. it was Arnie's in the past. Um must right, be yeah. now. How uh how did you guys tailgate before? Did you get the first spot? I they have tailgating. Know. I was curious how no, that was. tailgating is full crap pretty crappy weather before. I mean it rained yeah. until an hour and a half before the game time, right? An hour before. Yeah, I stopped to buy that tailgate for a little bit before the game. Yeah. Um tailgate lots were full. Um Yeah. Which was yeah. cool to see. Mm-hmm. So it was yeah, it was nice to see tailgating back back to normal. So remember <laughs> It was, I mean, one of the things that I loved seeing was the band and just seeing, you can tell the band was pretty amped to get on the field for the first time. And I just keep thinking back to, because I, I was not paying attention when this happened until it happened. But at halftime, Andrew, not sure if you knew this, but they, they celebrate, I think it's like the hundredth year of the big 10 or something like that. So they literally did like snippets of every fight song of every big 10 team. And they started with the Big Ten East and in alphabetical order. So the first one they did was Indiana. So all of a sudden I look up and the, the <laughs> band is in the formation of IU playing the IU fight song. I'm just like, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> and then like then they went through the Big Ten East and they're like, oh, okay, now we know what's going on. But it was uh, they ended with Hail Purdue, but it was just like the whole place was just booing the entire time. And I feel bad for the band because it's not we weren't booing them, but it was just like, what are we doing? And it was funny because Ohio State probably got the loudest boo, but Indiana probably yeah. would have if they were down uh, down the line. Yeah. People didn't know what was going on at first. Yeah, all of a sudden they were just seeing so. the band and the formation of IU were like, wait, what? <laughs> Semi-related semi to that, I uh, I don't know, Thursday or Friday morning I had before work, I had like the Fox Indianapolis news on and they had and the, the sportscaster was like talking about the opening Big Ten football in Purdue IU and like, oh, and Purdue takes on. IU at three thirty. That, that's that's not right. And she kept going with it, and some other guy jumped in, and then they're and then like five minutes later, they're like, "Yeah, that, that's not right." And someone's like, "Oh yeah, IU plays Iowa." I don't know who Purdue plays, but of, course, <laughs> of course, of course that was Indianapolis. But they went wow. with it for like five minutes that they thought Purdue and IU played Saturday. I mean, I mean, IU was there in Iowa. I don't really know if they played. They they were there. <laughs> they showed up, but. Oh man, that was that was fun to watch. That was fun to watch. Uh, any takeaways, Andrew? For, I know you said you didn't get to watch the game too much, but any takeaways you had, or any players uh, breakout performances you saw on Saturday? I mean, Payne Durham and David Bell are really good. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, I thought Horvath looked pretty good. Yeah, for the most part. Um, what did you guys think? I thought the offensive line, if you touched on this, played they played better in the second half. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if I'm overly optimistic. So I was like, or if I'm not, if I, I, I talk myself into is Oregon State, I don't think they're that good. But then I keep right. talking myself in. They're like, oh, maybe they're pretty good. So or right. I'm, like, right. I'm not concerned. Like I know. I, somebody in the second half got thrown back like five yards, like really <laughs> quick. And I was like, holy crap, that looks bad. <laughs> Yeah, we. Uh, I think the first possession, we were kind of just like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, because like, the first possession, Jack, Jack's just rolling out running. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Even like the first teams yeah. of possession were like, I think they went down and scored their first possession when we played defense. We're like, oh crap. <laughs> well, I thought they punted. I think they punted. No, the second, yeah, second possession. Second, second possession. Okay. Yeah. 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 They, it was quick. they did that. They did that wide receiver pass. That's that right. Yeah, a ton of yards. Yeah, yeah. Which going back to Oregon State, I mean, I don't know about them, but they need to start the second kid, Chance Nolan. Yeah. He is better, he's better. He's better than Neuer. Yeah, he was. Did you, I, yeah. I did see the there was the breakdown of like blitzes. Like the first quarterback Purdue blitzed on like 
90% of his dropbacks, but then the backup quarterback only blitzed on like one of his dropbacks. So they're way more yeah. conservative with him. And I don't know if it's because we was toward the end of the game we're leading or if it's more mm-hmm. of we didn't know didn't know what to expect. So yeah. playing more, keeping him in front some, of him. He had some I don't legs know. on him. He can move. Yeah, he can move. He didn't have as strong as arm probably no. mm-hmm. as, as uh, the first guy. But, yeah, he, he, he ignited him. I mean, when they brought him in, he, he lit that fuse. Yeah. So, but um, uh, I lost my train of thought. There. I was going to say Shout something. Out to uh, Jack Albers of Purdue through one pass, and it was yeah. that was a hell of a play. Though that was a hell of a throw, yeah. a hell of a play, and I liked it. It was funny because this has been the worst going into the season. The worst I've I've known the Purdue roster in a while. I just haven't studied up. Yeah, and so I see him holding on a field goal early in the game. I'm like, Webby, who's number eleven? He look up at Jack Albers. Little did we know he was going to throw a pass in the game later on. Um, we think, but, I think yeah, he was holding. He was holding the snaps for the yeah. for the field goals, and yeah. we're like, oh, I wonder if that's like, is that a line mode? No, he's number one. Is it yeah. Burton? Burton? No, he's, he's not. Not Burton. Yeah, and we're like, is it Perry? No, he's a tight end now. And we're just yeah. like, we're just like, look at him. But but I'm glad you brought that up because that was one thing I uh, takeaway I had from Saturdays. It felt fun again. Brom mm-hmm. got creative and had some creative trick plays and stuff. It's like, there we go. That's what we've been missing the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple of times where it was just like, we were like, I think even the first couple of sessions, we were like, run, run. Like, first, I think our first two plays from scrimmage were run. We're like, we, if we would have lost that prop bet, if we would have, I guess. <laughs> yeah, run, yeah, run. yeah, I know. I was, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, who had option as the first play of the year or something <laughs> like that? Like, yeah. That's like, too, I'm actually like, why run that the first play of the year? Yeah. Like, the nerves are probably at an all time high for these guys. It's like, just, yeah. I don't care if you're running. Yeah, but, and maybe, but, maybe it was, it was an option, but it's like, Jack, you better not. Pitch this ball. You're not pitching it. You're <laughs> keeping it. It's an option fake. Yeah. Not even. I don't even, I don't even want him running the ball like that. Just quarterbacks run. Yeah. So I know. I know. We said that it was there was a lot more of those trick plays and then things like that. I. It was talking about Brom likes to throw it deep and air it out. I don't feel like we really threw it deep that much. There were a, a couple. Um, there was that, a one think, Milton that, that yeah, Milton yeah. didn't or I mean it was just he should have caught it, which I think at first I thought it was just a bad throw, but then we still replayed it. That was a perfect throw. No, and Milton just right dropped it. I don't know if it was just mostly just because he, he didn't have time or was just checking down too quickly or what I don't know. I mean, I wasn't really paying attention. I, I was, I'm guessing it, Jack. it it sure seemed like Jack was moving a lot because he was getting yeah. flushed. So I'm guessing he just as he's moving, he can't look downfield as easily. Yeah. That's my guess. I'm hoping that gets better because I like when they air it out a little bit. But. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing Evan and I were talking about, Andrew, we thought Jack played pretty well. I said I thought it was probably his second best game at Purdue, uh, aside from Maryland two years ago. Uh, I mean, I know there was one like out pass to Bell that like almost was like a pick six. Yeah, I feel like yeah, that was that's about that. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he threw. He completed like seventy percent of his passes. Yeah. No picks. I mean, he can't really he was, complain. He, he controlled the ball well and. Uh, he moved. He, he moved only out took of the one. Well. Only took one sack. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are times he hangs on the ball a little long, but I he is getting better at that. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think he I, played well. I, he played well. Yeah. And he, he was clutch when he needed to be. I think Evan said he was eight and nine passing in the fourth quarter. Are you at all surprised that we only saw one quarterback? Not I was. counting Albers. I was. I thought. I thought. You know, reading about Burton and his ability to run, I thought they'd have a package or two in there for him. Especially when they went wildcat to Horvath a mm-hmm. couple times. Couple and times then, yeah, yeah, a couple times they didn't have something with Burton. Had we converted maybe that, you know, the field goal that we end up not being able to kick because of the false start and burn, or the delayed game and then penalty on. Yeah, Biagi. Biagi, yeah. 
Um, and then maybe had we had Milton caught that touchdown, you, you know, we're up, you know, maybe 17 or something like that. We might see, he might've gotten creative and thrown something in there, but maybe just because of the fact that we're only up seven or only up nine. And then you kept going back to nine and two there for a little bit in the fourth quarter. I don't know. I, I kind of would have thought maybe, yeah, just, you, I mean, Horvath did okay. Did you see the, some the stat that he had like of his 81 yards, 80 yards came after contact or something? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Pretty ridiculous. Um, as we're as you get up nine and try to keep the clock moving and generate any kind of run, running game that maybe they'd get burned, even if it's a, a four yard run, a five yard run. I mean, there right. weren't many. There weren't many of those. No. But we did have a uh, question come in on Facebook from Ryan Blankenship. He's one of our loyal viewers and listeners of the podcast. He wanted to know if we could talk about the DB play or the lack thereof. Um, he says it's been Achilles' heel for the past three years. The defense looked better, but the DB play looked the same. Atrocious. Uh, thoughts on that? I don't think it was atrocious, in my opinion. I think, I think, I mean, obviously it wasn't great because we did give up some big plays. But I think that's kind of just the nature of this new defense we're going to be running where we're, we're being pretty aggressive and you're going to get – and that's going to obviously pay some dividends, but also it's going to cost you a couple times. And I think um, – I mean – we're not going to line up guys and be like Ohio state with our defenders and just be able to argue. Like I was watching Notre Dame, Florida state and their defensive backs were freaking awesome. Notre Dame's were, um, I mean, we kind of are what we are, but I, I was fairly happy with, with Trice and Cam Allen and, and Marvin Grant and uh, Mackie played better. I, I was, I didn't think, I thought Mackie was, um, he no, was getting picked on and, for a while. Yeah. Like picking on. yeah. I think he played okay. Um, I don't think yeah. DB – I mean, I, maybe he, maybe he's got a bad picture in his head because of the couple guys that run open. Like, I agree, it looks bad when there's like, oh, there's a guy 10 yards behind the defense, like on the wider stead, that option pass. Yeah. yeah. That one, like, okay, that's a bust that someone came up and bid on the fake. I mean, that trick play, that's, that's going to happen with a young team, new mm-hmm. defense. And then there was maybe one other one that someone – broke down, but like you said, it's a new defense, playing aggressive. They didn't even score. I mean, they got touchdowns eventually on it. It wasn't like they gave up an 80-yard touchdown pass. They gave up a 45-yard right. pass, and then they scored later. I don't know, but, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. There was a couple times early in the first half, they got some guys loose deep, but mm-hmm. their quarterback overthrew them by 5 to 10 yards. So, yeah. um, But that's, be- I mean, probably also because you've got Carl Loftus and right. uh, yeah. Yeah. Graham, I mean, coming in off the blitz too, pressuring, right. and Dean played well, right. yeah. Right. DeMarcus Mitchell was a little quiet mm-hmm. on Saturday. He's got some conditioning issues. I mean, yeah, they, they, sense. he wasn't able to do full camp. So I think yeah, it might take him a couple games to get up to game shape. Are you so, surprised? <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead, Tim. I, I, thought the, I was just going to say on special teams, I thought the kicking game was great. New yeah. kicker mm-hmm. was fantastic. Uh, punter, he had one really good punt. A few others, um, yeah, he averaged not so great. But yeah, I got it here. 38 yards or something. Yeah, it, yeah, not great. I mean, we could definitely kick it farther. But, I mean, he had the one. They said he had the one that was awesome. That we yeah, a little kind of, pooch we, punt inside yeah. the one. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think those things are – the nice thing is kind of Brom talked about too is the things that we didn't do well are definitely fixable. Like you can fix drop catches and you can hopefully fix some of that stuff. So – um, but yeah, I think, I think I'm not, there was nothing that I saw that was like, Oh boy, aside from maybe the offensive line that I thought this is going to be a problem all year. I mean, it was first game of the season. So hopefully it didn't seem like that, but I thought, you know, the issues that we saw on defense, I wasn't too worried about. Uh, Thad Mooney here, a loyal viewer of the show said nature of being an aggressive defense team has to be prepared to bend and not completely break throughout the game. Are we sure that's Thad, not Bob Diaco talking about bend <laughs> and not break? <laughs> 
Oh, I wonder what that guy's up to right now. Um, but no, overall, I was pretty pleased with the team's performance the other night. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the best game we've ever seen. It wasn't the prettiest, but at the end of the day, they got the win. We had talked really all offseason about the importance of that first game. So uh, that's his ouch, man, <laughs> Yako comment. Um, so they got the win. They did what they had to do. Now upcoming this weekend is the trip to UConn. It was 0-2. They got shut out of Fresno State. They lost by 10 points to Holy Cross, who's not even Division I. Uh, I think the line is, what, 30? 33 and a half. 33 and a half. Yeah. I don't remember the last time Purdue's been 30-plus favorites in a football game. Uh, Let alone on the road. Akron. Yeah, on the road. <laughs> on yeah, the road, right. yeah, probably never. Um, was it like Akron in like 08 or something like that? Yeah, I like head I coach Randy Etzel stepped down. Um, yesterday, yesterday, or maybe it was Monday. Um, so as an interim coach, uh, they're going to go with the backup quarterback. He's going to start this weekend. So it could be a different looking UConn team, but, uh, yeah, this is one for one. I mean, I don't want to have to eat my black and, uh, gray camouflage Puma hat that back on one of the trivia episodes that say I would, I said I would eat if we lost the UConn, but two, this would be like the worst Purdue football loss ever. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's not even close. <laughs> I mean, you guys, I get flashbacks to like Rice. And, I was thinking yeah, Rice, yeah. yeah, Eastern Michigan. Yep. Yeah. Just My, hope to God it's not like raining in Connecticut on Saturday because if it's raining, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get real nervous. <laughs> my dad asked me the other day what was the worst Purdue football loss I've seen in my lifetime, and those three that you guys just brought up were the three I was talking about. Nevada was the best team out of those three. It was just yeah. the fashion how it happened. Yeah. In Eastern Michigan was bad too. That was the rainy monsoon game. I I think it was at Rice was the one for me that just was like, how like right like it just yeah. That was the one that I think was the worst loss I've ever seen. <laughs> but basketball, I have, I have no idea basketball. I, I don't know. Um, Wofford was pretty bad. Wofford was bad. So was, was uh, Florida. Who was like yeah. the Florida Atlantic? Northern, Florida. Florida. Northern, Northern Florida. Florida. Northern Florida. Northern Florida. And then Gardner yeah. Webb the next yeah. week. Those that were, was bad too. Those were bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, seeing us get yeah. thumped by 30 against Indiana at home, that sucked. <laughs> they were but good, though. They I were mean, really good. But just I mean, you could just say like, the same thing when Ohio State came in and beat us 56 nothing or whatever in football, and we're up 49 yeah. at a half. Yeah. But, at least that. At least with that, it's Ohio State. And Indiana was good, but at least we've beaten Indiana in basketball before. Like, I mean, cause, I mean, on a pretty regular basis. But, yeah, that yeah. was – we haven't seen it like that. But, yeah, in terms of just the, who the team was, yeah, I think Wofford, Northern Florida, Garden Web were all – up there yeah but uh yeah it'll be interesting first road trip for the boilers is a 3:30 kick time i believe on cbs sports network which has mm-hmm. never been nice to purdue in the past can't wait but just take care of business i mean i don't even i just want to win i know one of my friends said you would be mad if they won by three or less points i'd be frustrated but i'd still be a lot happier than if they go check it out jeez so, if if Purdue doesn't win comfortably and we get the backups in, this is going to be concerning. Yeah. Who? Uh, so let's say let's assume that we are at a, at a comfortable lead on Saturday. Who do you think the first quarterback in is after Plummer? I think they put Aiden in to get him really? some game reps. Yeah, get him some live game yeah. reps. I don't think he's in for too long. I think he's in for a couple series, and then yeah, they go to yeah. Burton or Alimo or something. Yep. I, I just feel like, yeah, they, I mean, you know you know what you've got in them, and you don't want to get them hurt just in case Jack gets hurt again. 
Um, but yeah, it makes sense getting game reps, game speed. But I mean, O'Connell's going to want to play. I mean, like, yeah. get him in there rather than just. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see Alamo just because he's working. I mean, it may be a while before we see him, but I mean, I'd, I'd probably go to Burton first and then maybe. I like to see like get the offensive, the section offensive line in there just to get just to get again game reps, get build some sort of depth because we have none right now. So it'll be interesting to see how many uh, freshmen travel with the team. I mean, I'd love to see Yanni Karloff just get some playing time. Mm-hmm. Assuming they, he no, no true freshman played on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Which are you surprised? I'm a little surprised that there was no true freshman on like special teams, which I guess I I get, let me backtrack because I guess Brom did say before the season that they were going to play a lot of starters on special teams. So I guess maybe I'm not totally surprised. I thought there'd be at least someone on there, whether it be a returner or like, like a Yanni on some kind of special teams, but yeah. Or even just to spell somebody as a a linebacker out there because he's an athlete. Um, Kind of surprised cross is a Jacquez cross. The running Mm -hmm. back didn't play just as more speed. I mean, if the offense at least try to get through the line, if the holes are there for a brief period of time, maybe he can squeeze through if the Horvath doesn't have the burst or Drew doesn't have the burst to get through. Yeah, we did did play three running backs. Dylan Dowling got a few few reps in the game, so which was he had uh, one attempt for six yards. I think he had did a catch. He had a catch for negative negative two yeah. yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot of guys touched the ball the other night, but I. There's a couple others that played that didn't get an opportunity to touch the ball that I would love to love to see. And hopefully, like I said, hopefully we can beat UConn bad enough Saturday to make that happen. So I'd like uh, to see David Bell not play the second half because he's already got 100 <laughs> yards and a couple touchdowns and get to see Billadeo, Billadeo, I don't know, that Billadeo, other tight end. Yeah. Oh, Billadeo. Marshawn Rice. That, that uh, UConn couldn't keep up with the receivers from, was it Fresno State or something? It was Holy Cross. The other day, I was watching, and Holy Cross's wide receivers were giving the UConn defense backs trouble. I'm like, oh yeah, my god! So you, if, if he's yeah. giving, if, if this guy's giving them troubles, and he might be a very solid FCS player, I have no idea. But I'm like, David Bell should give these guys nightmares, right? So, yeah, it's uh, let's let's go ahead and make a prediction for the game. It's actually a three o'clock kick, not three thirty. I don't know why uh, I was thinking it's three thirty. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Predictions: Purdue, UConn, Saturday score predictions. See, they went scoreless against Fresno State, right? Yep. I don't think we're that lucky. <laughs> I don't either. Um, they were I, scoreless, and then they only scored twenty eight against Holy Cross. They lost yeah. thirty eight to twenty eight. I'm going to count for us. Hopefully, playing second string defense majority of the second half. I'm going to say, do we cover? That's that's the thing. It's like, do I think we cover? That's a lot of points. That is a lot of points. I don't think we do because 33 is just an, I mean, we, we scored 30 points. Right. And we're okay, right. So I'm going to say <clears throat> 17 to uh, 49. 49-17. Andrew? Let's see. Uh, I think it's like 42. Yeah, I'm going to say like 42 to like 13. So I don't think we cover either, but I think it's close. Yeah, yeah we're kind of all in the same ballpark. I was going to like 41-16 or something something like that. So a comfortable what win, our, which would just be nice. What did, it, what did our pal Josh on your other podcast say that he's going to – we're for like 70. 70-3. He's, he's, <laughs> he's saying a 67-point Purdue win. That'd be nice. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, if I Purdue, would love to see Auburn, Purdue score and pretty. How uh, how many how many touchdowns did Purdue leave on the field last weekend? Like three, at least One. two. Yeah. Well, well, Jackson Anthrops was yeah. That was a, yeah. Well, just yeah, I mean, yeah. how many? I mean, all the field goals they kicked in the third quarter that that drive. Okay, they stalled on the goal yeah. line. They had the the interception. Whatever yeah. that was, just a great play. Yeah. I don't know if Mershon Rice is or not Mershon right. Milton Wright, the the one through his hands. Yeah. That one was. Yeah, there was we had three possessions was. that ended in field goals, so that were all pretty. That had chances to be. Yeah. So we finished those drives. Then I mean, that's yeah. a much comfortable win. And so then you just, throw in the one that we that. you throw in the drive that we were going to get a field goal, but then we couldn't because yeah. of the penalty and then the <clears> other <throat> penalty. So yeah, and about four possessions there that you could probably add on. So you learn from that, and you go to a I don't know UConn, maybe maybe yep. finish the, finish those drives. Take yep. what was it? To quote Tim Beckman, take three or four plays differently. It's a whole different ball game. <laughs> or quote Daryl Hazel, gotta watch the film. Yeah. Gotta watch the film. What did uh what did Scott Frost say? Oh, you know, I've, I knew right away when we were adjusting our defense on the first play to what they were doing, we were in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah they like, throw out half their playbook as yeah. soon as they yeah, lined up. Was. Like, what do you do? I was like, oh my god. That's that's a good coach, Coach Daphne. <laughs> after one after one says, like, oh, we don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a he's a character. Uh, let's pick some other games around the Big Ten. I got Illinois, who had that win over Scott Frost in Nebraska, only to come back home and lose in overtime to University of Texas San Antonio. They now travel out east to play Virginia, and Virginia is a ten point favorite. Give me Virginia and the points. Yeah, yeah, I was. Kind of after I know we said we we're hoping maybe Illinois comes in undefeated when they come to Purdue on the twenty fifth, yep. but uh, I don't think. I mean, obviously it's not gonna happen anymore. But I don't think they're gonna. I'm not sure how many wins gonna have coming into. I, like, I'm, I'm also taking Virginia and they cover. They cover I, I agree with you guys. It's funny how college football can change your look outlook of a team week to week. Because I was like, wow, Illinois really improved after one week. And then it's like, okay, they're back to being Illinois again. So. Uh, Indiana State at Northwestern, a Northwestern team that did not look good Friday night when Michigan State came into Evanston and thumped them around. Yeah, I don't have a line on this line. one. But no, there's I no line either. But they take care of business. I mean, I'm not sure it's a blowout, but I think it's. I think again, Northwestern was by a touchdown. I have to say Northwestern. Yeah, I think Northwestern figures it out. Yeah, they win fairly comfortably. I agree with you guys. Hunter Johnson's got to play better, though. He's just not – he's never lived yeah. up to the hype. I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, Youngstown State at Michigan State. I just said Michigan State win to Evanston, and that, that shocked me. They, I thought – and they still might end up being trash this year. I thought they were going to be trash, but uh, uh, Walker, the third of their running back, he did whatever he wanted yeah. to more against that, Nebraska, mm-hmm. that Northwestern defense. I don't know anything about Youngstown State. Uh, I mean – They're the Penguins. Jim Tressel. And Bo, is, Bo Pelini, is Bo Pelini still the coach? No, he was LSU's D coordinator last year, and he got uh, fired. Then he got fired. Hey, ESPN predictors got Michigan State favored by 98.3%. So just going off that, I would say Michigan State wins pretty easily. Uh, Youngstown State has some uh, NCAA sanctions. Uh, <laughs> Youngstown State football man. was placed on probation for two years and hit with recruiting sanctions. What? All right. Probably probably in response to something LSU did or yeah. something. Uh, we're committed yeah. under my former coach, Bo Pelini. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. That's pretty awesome. The uh, the home of Ron Jaworski. ESPN's – oh, it used to be ESPN's Ron Jaworski. I think, I think Trestle's still the AD. I think you're right. 
But yeah, I'm taking Michigan State. I saw our old uh, our old friend Malik Carr didn't even didn't even dress for the Northwestern yeah. game. He's uh he's he's at basketball practice. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Miami, Ohio at Minnesota. Minnesota gave Ohio State a fight but lost by 14. They are 20-point favorites in this game, but they lost their stud running back for the season. I think they, take, I think, I think they still cover. I think they cover as well. Yeah, Miami, Ohio is not very good. Ben Roethlisberger is not walking through that door anytime soon. Nope. Uh, the Fox Big Noon game, number 12, Oregon at number 3, Ohio State. Ohio State's a 14.5-point favorite. Stroud did not look all that good. No, he did not. So and Oregon had a test from Fresno State, gave them all they wanted. Mm-hmm. I still think Ohio State covers. I mean, Ryan Day is a hell of a coach, and he's got those guys prepared. So I'm sure they had. Uh, even though they, I think, even though they played well, I think they had a hell of a practice week. So I think they're going to cover. I don't think. I think Ohio State wins if they don't cover. I agree with you, Andrew. I think they win by about ten points. Rutgers a two and a half point favorite on the road at Syracuse. <laughs> Old Rutgers beat up. last week. Rutgers thumped Temple sixty-one to fourteen. Yeah, they put up some points. And Syracuse won at Ohio twenty-nine to nine. I think Rutgers and they cover barely. I think it's like a three to seven point game. Yep, I like that. I think uh, Shiano's doing some things there. Dino Babers don't know how he's been surviving at Syracuse this long. I really don't understand. That. <laughs> it's still Butkers. Give me Syracuse with the upset. Another Indiana school here, Ball State, uh, traveling to Happy Valley to play Penn State. A uh, little different, wow. raucous atmosphere when uh, Happy Valley's got more population than Muncie. I don't know, if that's <laughs> or not, but uh, sounds sounds good in my head. I mean, that well, look at that up actually. It probably is... does. I mean, it holds like one hundred five thousand. <laughs> um, but Penn State's a twenty-three point favorite. Ball State's a uh, pretty good I... Mac school, but I think Penn State covers this. I think I think so I well. Yeah, Muncie population in 2019 was 68,750. So. so you can fit almost, <laughs> not quite, but almost two Muncies in that yeah. stadium. Oh, yeah, one and a half. Jeez, oh. Um, Buffalo at Nebraska. Nebraska's a 13.5 point favorite. <clears throat> I mean, go Buffalo, but I think Nebraska. I'm going to say Nebraska wins, but they don't cover. Just because I want to see Scott Frost squirm. I'll get yeah, on board. I'll, I'll get on board with that, Webby. I'll get on board. Just like more, hopeful, more hopeful than anything. Yeah. I think this right. is the college game day game this week. I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I on think that. so. I think so too. I think I saw someone when I was watching. If not, it should be. Yeah. <laughs> number ten Iowa and number nine Iowa State, and Iowa State is a four and a half point favorite. I don't think Ferris wins big games. Give me Iowa State and the cover. Brock Purdy. I'm surprised. I mean, I, I mean, I know they won convincingly, but I mean, Iowa jumped up to number ten, which is crazy. They jumped up eight spots. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they did thrash IU's best <laughs> team in history. So I mean, <laughs> Penix uh, for Heisman, right? Penix yeah. for Heisman. That lasted literally two minutes. Pretty impressive win. When you beat oh, the school's best team in history by like thirty, yeah. James Arenatis was, which he still gives me. He mad shuddered when he came on my television screen, but because he was a scary man. But he was saying that Penix was probably the, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. And then, ooh, not anymore. Um, he, I'm gonna pick Iowa in this one. 
I'm going to take Iowa on this one. Uh, I'm Just going with Iowa as well. I, they might, and I know it's only been one week. Wisconsin lost to a good Penn State team at home. Man, Iowa looked good last week. They're a they're a veteran team. I yeah, the I defense think, is I think, good. I mean, Petrus is a lot better than what he was the first game of the year last year against Purdue. So yeah, I think I think they get it done. I was a team you definitely want to get early on the schedule. You don't want to play them later in the year, but yeah, um, they figured it out. Yep, I think I think they get it done. I think it'll be a good game though. Mm-hmm. Eastern Michigan at Wisconsin, a ticked off Wisconsin team. You got to think uh, Wisconsin's twenty six point favorites. I think they cover that. Yeah, yeah, Eastern Michigan is not not pulling who's, off another. Big who's the Wisconsin running back that's going to run for three hundred yards? This exactly, exactly. Graham Mertz, man, he was taking a lot of heat on on Twitter. Well, speaking uh, of Wisconsin in a different quarterback, like I thought, Jack Cohen played pretty awesome like, for Notre Dame. I thought for sure he'd be like he's going to be pretty mediocre. Like they're really going to miss uh, what's his face Ian Book. Book. Yeah. And I was watching, like, I mean, it probably helps when you've got that line and that talent, talent receivers. But I was like, this kid looks pretty damn good. I didn't know he had that in him. Yeah. He's usually more of a conservative quarterback in Wisconsin. Yeah. So, well, because yeah. Wisconsin never has a quarterback. They don't need a quarterback. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Idaho at Indiana. I don't have a spread, That's- but I think, yeah, I think Indiana or Indinia takes, takes care of this one pretty easily. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have a spread on this either. I was checking who Idaho beat because they're one and zero. The oh, team yeah. doesn't even have a logo. The team's <laughs> name is Simon Fraser Clan. It's a D two school. Simon is it? Uh, was it uh, Bishop Sycamore? Is that who it was? Did they beat them? Or I mean, I check. I click here on my app. A schedule goes. Oops, something went wrong. Simon <laughs> Fraser Clan schedule. So I got nothing to report on them, but. Uh, yeah, I think Indiana rolls in this one. Yeah, so. Howard Howard at Maryland, impressive week one win for uh, for Maryland. Uh, they got the win over West Virginia at home. They got some uh, some dangerous wide receivers there. The Terrapins do. I'm. I mean, I'm still picking Maryland. I mean, early yeah, on in the games, yeah, I just yeah, picked yeah. the Big Ten team. Yep, I think Maryland rolls pretty Easy. easily. Easily, Howard's usually not very strong, and then the. ABC night game. I bet ABC's wishing they could have this one to take back after Washington got upset at home to Montana. Uh, Washington, <laughs> Washington at Michigan. Michigan is a seven-point favorite. Did, does Michigan? Did I see some of the people think Michigan finally has a quarterback, or is that just week one? Uh, um, hot I takes? mean, he played really well against Western Michigan. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Uh, I'm picking Michigan because it's at home, but I'm going to say they don't cover. I'm going to say Washington covers. I think Michigan rolls. Really? Um, I, I think I think they're going to be pretty good this year. I, I still don't think they'd beat Ohio State, but I think they're. Gonna be, I think Watson they're going to win at least. I think they're going to win at least nine games this year. Who do you? I can't remember. Who do you have? Uh, uh, go getting second behind Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan? I think I had Penn State. I think I had them ten and two in my preseason predictions, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I know I had Indiana at six and six, and uh, got laughed at by some people. <laughs> we uh, need to give a shout out here to Adam from Full Steam Head Podcast, the also, also Michigan fan. We got a chance to Tam. I got a chance to see him in person. We did for the first time. Um, so yeah, shout out to Adam. Picks for you. 
Yes. Yeah. I, I can. I can. I can pull for Michigan over over Washington. That doesn't, that doesn't yeah. hurt my feelings. Yeah, hurt my feelings. Um, you guys want to hit on the Big Ten basketball schedule at all that was released today? I'm always down to talk basketball. So. <laughs> I, figured, I figured you might be. <laughs> figured you might be. Uh, we we it was funny. You know. There we go. <laughs> it, it was funny because Evan and I were just talking the other day. Like, when is the schedule gonna get released? Yeah, I feel like they said it was gonna be released like a couple of weeks ago, and then it nothing happened. And what I didn't understand was at least the, I'm not sure if every team did this, but Purdue basketball Twitter did this. Is they released they tweeted every single game, so they did 20 games, <laughs> 20 tweets. It's just like thank God yeah, they, they had them scheduled. You can do schedules. Yeah, on, on yeah, Twitter. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, we start out uh, December third at home versus Iowa, which is Iowa team. I'm not sure what to think about Iowa this year. They could be. I mean, they they lost what Garza. They lost Wieskamp to the draft. Uh, they lost somebody to a transfer. Someone transferred to Kentucky, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was. Um, oh, I can picture him. Darn it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, that uh, guy. <laughs> So I think I mean, I'm not sure what to think about. I can't believe I don't think Iowa's gonna be very good. It seems like we open against Iowa all the time in December. Whether yeah. it's a home and road, it's like constant yeah. just Iowa Agreed. early on. Um, at Rutgers on December 9th, uh, it's gonna be probably a tough one. I mean, they got a lot of guys back. Obviously, uh, one guy transferred to UCLA. They lost Miles Johnson to UCLA. Jacob yep. Young went somewhere west, but they got Geo Baker back. Yep, Harper's and, back. And Harper's yeah, yeah, those two guys. Yeah. So, I mean, it'd be it'd be tough, um, especially in was the rack. Yeah, the, the rack. Yeah, the, yep. The students will be there, so hopefully, hopefully, just for the sake of atmosphere, right? Um, and then that's it for December. So we have the other two kind of similar what we're used to is we got two December games, and we have about a month until uh, Big Ten play resumes, and we open up January third, which I'm kind of bummed we didn't have like a New Year's Day game or something. Um, but January 3rd against Wisconsin, which who the hell knows what's going on with them with the whole scandal with the league. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, um, I always hate those games without the students, though. Yeah. I think that should be the only – that will be the only one, thankfully. Um, what uh, What's his face? Um, Brad Davison's back for his 15th year. Um, God, yeah, I forgot about him. I mean, it'll, it'll still be a sold out. It'll still be a sold right. out, Mackie. Yeah, just right. a little suck not having the students there to boo Brad Davison one last time. Um, two road games at Penn State, at Michigan. I hate playing at both those places. <laughs> yeah. For different reasons. Penn State's yeah. just boring. And yeah. we, it's always a dogfight in Michigan. We just don't play well up there. Right. Um, hopefully, though, I mean, <laughs> I would assume students won't be at either of those places. That'd be nice. I have to look at which the students Michigan are never at Penn State. Nobody's ever at Penn State. But, <laughs> no. but Michigan, it would be nice if you can catch them without students. Yeah. Uh, then we come home January 4th against home against Nebraska. I mean, th- he's bringing in some talent. I mean, he's probably going to be transfer you. Another, you know, once again, I'm not sure what to think about Nebraska ever. But I know they did bring in a five star because his brother's on the mm-hmm. team still. Um, January 17th at Illinois. It'll be interesting to see how the Illinois team bounces back without IO and without Adam Miller, but they got Kofi back. Yeah. So that'll be a, just a dog fight. I mean, yeah, I, st- I think that makes them probably top five in the conference. Oh, again. yeah. I mean, Corbello's awesome. We got Frazier back again for his 30th year. Um, 
Yeah, the January twentieth, which is a Thursday at Indiana for the first matchup. Mackey South. Mackey <laughs> South. Um, I think it's a thing. It's a Thursday game, so I'm kind of glad. I mean, I'm kind of glad it's on a Saturday. I don't know why, but whatever reason. Um, then home against Northwestern on January twenty third. They're not going to be good. They're not going to be very good. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess Collins has a job because he did the one thing that no one else did. Exactly. That's the only reason. <laughs> um, January 27th at Iowa. We seem to always play well uh, at Iowa for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, then end, around out January, uh, January 30th versus Ohio State, which should be, be a, big a, a big one against. Uh, although I did see somebody. Oh, crap. Who was it? Somebody. Ohio State has to have like back surgery and probably oh, gonna really? be out for a while. Um, it was on Knucklehead Central. I can't remember. It was one of the towns, maybe. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll go check. Yeah, um, but I'm not sure how long they thought he might be out. Um, open up February at our favorite place, the Barn. February second, um, home February fifth versus Michigan, uh, home February tenth versus Illinois, and home February thirteenth versus Maryland. Sorry, Tanner, no game on your birthday this year. That's all um, right. I like it better when there's no game yeah. on my birthday. Uh, February sixteenth at Northwestern. February twentieth home against Rutgers. February twenty sixth at Michigan State. We only get Michigan State once this year, and that's at Michigan State, which is a bummer. Um, which would be nice. I mean, nice for Travion, given that he kind of. I mean, I was from Chicago, but he went to school in Detroit. So being not too far from there, being able to play up in Michigan one last time at Michigan State. And then our two March games, March 1st at Wisconsin, which is never an easy place to play, but one place that Painter has had some success at. And then March 5th, senior night against Indiana. Yeah, it's crazy that they've gave uh, Purdue Indiana so many times lately, recently on senior night. I love it, but I'm just yeah. it surprises me. Oh, yeah, I had a chuckle. This is this is not related to basketball at all, but I was a lot of Knucklehead Central, and I clicked on the Jeff Brom radio show to see the updates. And Brad Newbert said, uh, the uh, first caller sounds gravely serious when talking about the delay of game to start the offensive possession. He is literally lecturing Brom. Wow. And he goes, that was freaking wild. <laughs> and he says, quotations, you're too good of a coach for that to happen. Oh, the guy told yeah. Brom that. <laughs> Does he not know that it wasn't even on Brom? Oh, man. Uh, Brom was talking about leadership when he talked about Plummer. Said he does come off his reads a little too quick sometimes, but that, uh, but they like that he didn't turn over. Says he was efficient. Has to be balanced. Um, says they're not asking him to do too much. Milton Wright, he said, great thing about him. He never misses a practice. He goes harder than anyone in practice. Says he needs to get a little better at avoiding the drops and has to come back and play confident. Those things happen. Has to be able to put it behind him. Yep. I mean, I, I thought I saw after the game Milton and was next to David Bell and he was kind of dancing when the game was kind of when it was known that after I think we stopped him on fourth down, um, and so that was nice to see that he wasn't you know off on his own you know pouting because he didn't have a, a good game. So I think he'll bounce back. Hopefully he has a game. Hopefully this or this UConn game is a kind of a get right game for some of these guys who maybe. Uh, didn't have the best game and kind of just get some back up and going. Yeah, I'd love for, to see him have a bounce back this Saturday at UConn and mm-hmm. put up some numbers on him. So uh, before we close this uh, podcast out, let's remind everybody of the sponsors of the Boiler Breakdown. One of those sponsors is, is Mad Mushroom. Let me pull up the pizza of the month here. 
Um, Here we go. Yeah. The Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mushroom. Serving Boilermakers since 1993, Mad Mushroom is located in the heart of West Lafayette, is well known as the home of the original cheese sticks. But whenever, whenever I visit, Webby visits, Andrew visits, we like to sit down and have an ice cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which this month it is the Zesty Salami. It's their buffalo zing sauce covered with salami, mozzarella cheese, and cheddar cheeses and finished with an Italian zest drizzle. It's served with a side of ranch. You can get that starting at $13. So make sure next time you're in, t- in town, stop in and tell them that the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. And any Boiler Breakdown listener can also use the coupon code online BREAK5. That's an all caps B-R-E-A-K-5 to claim your discount at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. And Webby, why don't you tell us what the shop's got going on? Absolutely. Uh, new sponsor this year, as we kind of mentioned in the last episode and previous episode, the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by The Shop. The Shop has been bringing sports and hometown apparel to the fans since 2011. From their humble beginnings in garages and basements, you can find us at two retail stores, one in uh, Broad Ripple in Indianapolis and one in Carmel at the Clay Terrace. Uh, and also online, uh, we make comfortable shirts. It makes us happy. The shops is located in Carmel, Indianapolis, as well as online at theshopindy.com. We make the best shirts, period. Uh, next time you're shopping online, use code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your order. Um, I'm wearing one right now. It was a new drop uh, last week. I think, uh, I think if you're watching the Ross Aid shirt, I was wearing one on, on Saturday at the game. Just another a black shirt of just said Purdue Boilers. It was awesome. And they also have a gold shirt. Um, they do more than just Purdue. They do, you know, they've got licenses with Indiana, Butler, Ball State, Indiana State. They do, you know, all things just state of Indiana. Um, they just came out with a pretty cool shirt today. Uh, kind of pop culture reference uh, to the office because it was some, September's something with candles. So they made a Serenity by Jan shirt, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, they're awesome. Check them out. Uh, the owner's a boiler grad. So they make the shirts are super comfortable, fit really well. And uh, yeah, they're awesome. We like those businesses, businesses that are boiler owned and operated, mm-hmm. just like Webb's Family Pharmacy is. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Uh, for all of your high-quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, you can check them out at www.webrx.com, or you can give them a call today. Webb's Family Pharmacy, the professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. Flu shots coming up. Flu shots coming up. Yes, yes. Uh, dang I'm flu sure be doing those again. right around the corner. Ready for it or not, here it comes. <laughs> and one more business we need to hit on is Shroff Landscaping Nurseries. Shroff Landscaping Nurseries has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact them today for all of your landscaping needs at 574-223-2769. Shroff Landscaping Design, with you in mind. Any final thoughts, fellas, as we wrap this up? It was good to be back in Ross again. Amen to that. Amen to that. Let's just take care of business Saturday. Start off 2-0, yeah. and then we can head up to South Bend the next week and, and preview that game with some joy next week after we <laughs> recap yeah, so. it. was hopefully a relaxing, easy win on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Well, uh, if you guys don't have anything else, let's boil her up, hammer down, and beat the Huskies. Boiler up.